Welcome to the Woodridge Baptist Church Podcast. For more information about what's happening in the life of our church, visit our website at www.woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, let, let me start on that because I think it's more my fault than, than, than Fiona's. <laughs> my parents actually took in runaways when I was, when I was small. It was kind of a scary experience because a lot of the kids were older than me but it made an impression on me. So it kind of left the door open to at some point, you know, uh, th- that we would do fostering, you know, foster care. And we talked about it for years. I mean, we talked about it for years. Our third daughter, Bethany, actually came up and said, when we finally made a decision to start fostering, she says, it's about time. <laughs> because we had talked about it for so many, for so long, mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and so we just, it was just a, it was just sort of a natural thing that we'd follow up with this inclination that was probably set up by my parents more than anything. But ultimately I got to where I just knew that God was saying, I need you to obey. I need you to say yes and trust that I will take care of the rest. And that's kind of where we're at. Uh, We said yes and we just kept taking the next step. And we had ups and downs and it's always going to be a roller coaster of a journey. Um, But it's, it's been a good journey and one that I'm so glad that we said yes to. Um, And I finally just got to the point where if I was, um, I got more scared of saying no to God than I did of saying yes to foster care. My special needs child keeps me going. Yes. He's, I mean, he, he didn't ask to be here. We chose to have him. He didn't choose to be born. It was an accident, the trauma that he went to at birth and he deserves a life to the fullest, just like the rest of us. What makes him any less deserving of that? Um, not that I didn't rely on the Lord to begin with, but this experience having a special needs child has made it to where he is who I have to solely rely on. The strength every day to get up, to do it over and over again. Um, you know, there's times when you want to quit, when you want to stop and just say it's too much, but you put your strength and him and it keeps you going. Mm-hmm. You know, it brings me joy when I run Jimmy in through the foyer every Sunday morning and people notice him and he goes off and he brings joy to people's hearts. He does. That warms our heart. Mm-hmm. Our kids have freedom to go and cause chaos in the foyer. In the foyer. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Tolerance. You know, mm-hmm. the kind of things that the Sunday school um, people put up with respect to our, some of our kids mm-hmm. is is cool. You know, they they really do love them. I mean, when when Jimmy doesn't so it doesn't show up at church, you know, people call us and wondering oh, what happened to my Jimmy time. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot. There is a lot of brokenness and you know struggles. But I've come to learn that just because someone is struggling with addictions, they love their kids. They love their yeah. kids. They don't really want to do what they do. They're just trying to cope with all the hard stuff in their lives by making the decisions that they've done. And unfortunately, it's impacted their kids. Um, But it is the best thing in the world when I can see, when I've worked with a biological mom and uh, they've, you know, kicked that habit and they have made those changes and they have worked hard and gotten their girls back. That was the, that, that was one family a couple of years ago and that was just the coolest thing. That was so cool to see her working hard, making the changes and getting her girls back. That was cool. 
That is a huge, huge question. We could go mm -hmm. on, I mean, for example, mm -hmm. um, I've learned that I'm not a very patient person. I have, I've, and I've grown more patient in the process. We're always being challenged. It's constant learning for us. You know, we've got kids that come in, and they come in from a, such a variety of different backgrounds. And sometimes they come in with medical medical challenges too. And so we learn about those. We've studied about the brain development. We studied about this. So how has God changed us? He continually brings us to situations that we haven't been in before. We're constantly learning, and you know how has He done? And and just the experience of. Mm -hmm giving away our kids to a forever home. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it it impacts you in a way yeah. that you can't believe it. You know, seeing God do a miracle in a medical room where a kid won't keep from picking out his hair, yet we're doing a CT scan on him, mm -hmm. and he's got probes all over his head, and somehow he manages to keep those things on. And you just go, I think God's in the room. <laughs> you know, uh, having having circumstances mm -hmm. uh, you, that you cannot even you couldn't even write in a fiction novel, mm -hmm. just all of a sudden come together and you go, "Wow, it kind of makes sense now." Yeah, yeah. You know, so how has he how has he changed me? He's shown me how big he is. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's humbled me too because sometimes I think I can do more than I can. We don't heal our kids; mm -hmm. Jesus does that. Uh, if you want to grow as a Christian, stepping out on, I think, in faith of any in any way is a great opportunity for growth. Uh, God has done tremendous things in my own life, um, and I think in the life as our, of our family. Again, our kids may disagree because uh, they have to share a room or whatever, but I, I've seen growth in them as well throughout this process. Um, I think any time that you can't do something in your own strength, um, it's an opportunity to see God provide and see Him work and experience His grace and His presence. Um, and that's been such a, I don't know, it's a neat experience for us to see. Um, really, when you step into any brokenness, I think it's, it's gospel work and it's good work and it's an opportunity to see God work and change you and grow you and stretch you. Okay, so adoption changes you entirely. Um, whether it is domestic or foster care or international or special needs, um, it just can't help but change you. Um, I have a quote and I'm going to mangle it, but it basically said adoption is costly and messy. Um, remember what it cost when Jesus adopted you. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Rex Wolf. You saw my wife, Heather, in the video up there. We've been foster parents for about a year, and I wanted to share some of our journey with you um, this morning. We got our first placement um, last December. It was two boys, a four-year-old and a newborn. And with the newborn came a trip to the NICU and a helicopter ride to Galveston's NICU. And I, I mean, I enjoyed the helicopter ride, but I do not recommend the circumstances. That was not fun. Um, they stayed with us for about six months. Um, the four-year-old had about a month-long um, sort of reacclimation period back into his home, and so that was a very uh, as smooth as it could go. Um, the baby, on the other hand, we had about an 18-hour notice that he was going back, so that was a, a night I will never forget. Um, and that was a that was a long story. Both of those kids had a long story, but they all have long stories because of of where they, where they are and where they ended up. 
um, they're long stories. Um, we went two or three weeks without anyone. We, we squeezed in a, a family vacation in there. Uh, when we got back, they called us again and said, hey, we've got two more boys. Would you be interested in, in housing these, these guys? And we said, yes. Uh, and these guys have been with us since mid-June. Many of you um, have seen them and know them through church here. Um, before they came to us, their, their exposure to church, to God, to Jesus, to anything like that was, was just about nothing. I mean, very minimal. We got them right before VBS started, so they got a, a quick jump into church. Uh, after they had been with us for a couple weeks, um, one of them said, when are we going back to the, the movie place? And I was like, a movie place? We hadn't gone to a movie some of you may already know where this is going. And he's like, well, you know, the big room and the rows of seats and the big screens. Yeah, the movie place. Well, we've come to the movie place a lot in the last six months, and they now really enjoy coming here. Uh, and that's a big thanks um, to many of you. I could, I could name a bunch of you, and it would take too long, and I'd leave someone out. But you guys have been fabulous at welcoming these two uh, into our church. Um, my Sunday school class has been going through Thessalonians the last month, six weeks or so. Um, and the first three chapters of 1 Thessalonians is Paul encouraging, praising, thanking the Thessalonians for the job that they've done. He lists something and says, you guys did a great job. And then this other thing, you did a great job on that. And that thing over there, hey, great job, keep it up. Uh, and it kind of culminates with the first verse of chapter 4, where Paul writes this. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. That verse perfectly captures the spirit and tone of what I want to say this morning. You guys have been incredible, an incredible blessing to my family and to the foster and adopt community in general. Um, just the, the love that you've given to us, the support that you've given to us. But the second part of that verse where Paul says, I'm going to ask you and urge you in the name of the Lord to consider more and more. Is there something else God may be calling you to do? Is there something else he could be placing on your heart um, as a way of support or maybe opening your own home? Um, fostering, adopting, it's clearly not for everyone. That's okay. But support um, is. And so even if you're a grandparent and you're thinking, no way, I can't have kids in my home anymore, that's okay. First of all, you're probably not too old to have kids in your home. You probably could. But even if you're at the point where you can't, you can still be a support to those of us who do. Um, young people, you guys, you're in no position to have children of your own at this point, but you can still be a support. You can welcome new faces in. Um, you can support your family when they think about it. And it's possible that some of you, even today, might start to consider what God would be doing in your life in the future. So the message is for all of us. We can all support. We can all um, provide a way to support kids um, as God calls us to do. And so my prayer this morning is that we might be educated and equipped and transformed. Educated to know the need. So we'll talk a little bit about the need in our area. Uh, educated as to what the Bible tells us about it. Equipped, it's like, what, okay, so now what? What do I need to do to take the next step? Heather will come later and, and offer some of those for us. And lastly, and most importantly, transformed. And the only one who's going to do that is God. And so I, I'm going to pray that God will do that for us um, this morning. And my prayer is going to be that we are educated, equipped, and transformed. And we're going to stop right now and pray to that end. And I'm just to give credit where it's due, the prayer I'm going to give us um, and lead us in is from an Anglican tradition. So if you'd bow with me and pray now. Dear God, 
What we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us. Amen. Again, education, what we don't know, teach us. Like, help us learn. What we don't have, give us. What do we need to know? What do we need to do for our next step? Equip us and then change us. Transform us into the people you want us to be. That's our hope and prayer this morning. In a moment, we're going to look a little deeper into James 1.27. I'm going to go ahead and read it now, and we'll come back to it in a moment. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to take care of orphans and widows, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Very first sermon I preached more than 30 years ago was on that verse. Thankfully, most of you did not hear that message, so that's good. My parents might have a cassette of it somewhere buried in a closet, but you don't, you don't want to find that cassette anyway. So I'm glad you weren't there. A lot has changed in my life in 30 years. The scripture has not. And so God's message to care for orphans and widows special needs kids, teens mom, teen moms, that message has not changed. It has grown in my life. I've, I've come to see what that means for my family, but that message is timeless. That's from the scripture. Um, we're going to look at three things this morning. We'll look at a need and then a command or a challenge, and then we'll, we'll get to the blessing that comes with it. So first, the need. Um, indulge me a little bit. Can everybody hold up five fingers? So hold up a hand, five fingers out, Keep it up. If I talk too long like that, then you're going to have to switch hands and put your other one up. But the five is what I want you to, to walk out with. Um, DFPS, Department of uh, Family and Protective Services, publishes a ton of information on their website. Um, I, I guess it's a state agency, so they have to be transparent. They publish uh, budget data, numbers, um, abuse, homes. Like It's tons and tons of information. And most of the numbers, it's, it's overwhelming. It's, it's too much to take in. So I'm going to try to boil it down for us. Okay, keep your fives up, by the way. Um, our region, they break it down by region. Our region is Region 6. Region 6 is Harris County and the surrounding counties. You might guess most of the numbers come from Harris County because we're the, the biggest county. But the number I'm getting at um, to try to make this, this overwhelming problem almost digestible or understandable to you is five. So well, last chance on your five here. The five is every day in Region 6. So every single day in our surrounding area, there are five removals. Five children are removed from their homes. You can put your hands down. That's, that's a lot. And those five kids need a place to go. Um, let me back up a little bit and come get back to that five. Uh, in 2021, in Region 6, there were nearly 11,000 confirmed cases of abuse and neglect. You do the math, that's more than five a day. That's not where the five comes from. Those 11,000 confirmed cases led to 1,800 removals that year. That's where you get five a day. So where do they go? How many kids are in the system now? In Region 6, there's almost 6,000 kids sort of under the umbrella of CPS care. Um, almost half of those are living with relatives, so uncles, aunts, grandparents. Um, a little less than half are with foster parents. So of the five that are removed every day, basically two end up in a foster home. Um, and if you're keeping up, that still leaves a few left. There's some um, in group homes. It's overwhelming. It's, it's, it's too much to take in to think about um, the level of neglect and brokenness and abuse. It's, it's overwhelming. Um, and we can get to a point of compassion fatigue. It's just like, it's too much. 
I don't want to think about it. That's, that's horrible. And I hope Rex finishes talking and we're going to go to lunch and not think about that again because this is awful. And that's not really an option for us, though. As Christians, God calls us to do something about it. And so my challenge to you is to not just dismiss it. Like, don't just think, well, that's awful. It is, but what can I do? What is my part to play in that? Well, God leaves us with a command, almost a challenge from James 1. We'll read it again. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to take care of orphans and widows and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So there's basically two parts to that verse that James lays out as, hey, if you want your religion to be pure and faultless, if you want God to see you as, as seeing you as, hey, man, this guy is doing it right, there's two pieces to it. Um, the second piece is the personal righteousness part, right? Keep yourself from being polluted by the world. We're really good as a church, as Baptists, as evangelicals at talking about that. Maybe not always doing it, but talking about you need to make good choices because you know, God set up the world, he set you up, he put us in the world, and he laid out a way for us to interact with the world that would be best for us. And he lays that out in his scripture, and if you'll follow his commands, things in general will go well for you. That's absolutely all true, and there are thousands upon thousands of books and sermons and messages for you to pursue personal holiness, for you to make choices that would honor God. And that's part of what Jesus says, or what James says, is a pure and faultless religion. But that's only the second part of the verse, right? You don't want to just jump to the second part without realizing, wait a minute, there's more to it than that. Um, there's the first part where we're called to, to do something for those in distress. C.S. Lewis said this, a great many people do now seem to think that the mere state of being worried is in itself meritorious, which that would have been a great quote in our Twitter, Facebook, social media age. That was well before that. But so many of us think that, well, if I'll call attention to it, I'll, I'll, I'll join in the hashtag trend. I'll, I'll, I'll link to some articles about it. None of that's bad, and it's good to raise awareness. That's what we're doing this morning. But the call is much more than that. The call is much deeper than that. James asks you to take care of orphans, to visit orphans. It, it's translated a little, a little differently depending on your version. But that word there is used 10 other times in the New Testament to, to care for or visit. And half of those times, it's talking about God visiting his children. So there's got to be more depth to it than just, well, I'm concerned. I hope things are well. Man, what an unfortunate situation. I hope things go better for them. It's much more than that. One of the places it's used is in Hebrews. You might recognize this verse. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. That's that word care. And the author of Hebrews is quoting Psalm 8. And the point of both Psalm 8 and Hebrews is that we are humans who are valued by God. We are cared for by God. In fact, so much so that Jesus left his, his perfect home in heaven to step into our broken world to, to pursue us, to adopt us into his family. And it's in that spirit that James says, hey, look, maybe you need to step out of your well-manicured world and into the brokenness so that you could bring God's love to the orphan, the widow, the teen mom, the special needs kid. Maybe that's what we are called to do. Because James is saying, just as Jesus entered our world to care for us, we are called to enter their world to care for them. It's definitely a broken system. It's not pretty. It's ugly. It's hard to figure out. But we're called to go there, and we're called to love. We love 
because he first loved us. Again, it's not enough to just see and recognize the issues. We're, we're called to action. In fact, earlier in, in the chapter one of James is where you hear Paul, James say, be doers of the word and not hearers only, thus deceiving yourselves. So James's words are, look, if you recognize the problem, but you aren't doing anything, you're kind of just fooling yourselves. Like, there's more to it than understanding the problem. We're called to care for others. We're called to do something for others. I know it's not, you're all not called to foster or adopt. That's okay. But we are all called to, to support and encourage and to love. Because there's a need. Five kids a day removed from their homes. Two end up in a foster home. Some of you may be in the spot where you start to think, I could do that. I could welcome kids into my home and do that. So there's a need, there's a command. Are you going to be the one that, that is concerned but doesn't do anything? Or are you going to listen to James and, and take some action? In a moment, Heather will come and tell us what those action steps might be, what comes next for you. But I want to close with, with some, the, the blessing side of it. When you're, when you're obedient to God, it always comes with a blessing. Maybe not a physical blessing, maybe not a financial blessing, maybe not an emotional blessing. Like All of those things can be draining in the foster system. But a spiritual blessing um, awaits you when you sign up to watch God do, to do work. In fact, you could say when you sign up to do the impossible, you get a front row seat to watch God do it. Uh, and that's what we've had. Um, you may have heard these words spoken by JFK when he was talking about getting ready to go to the moon, that some paths we choose not because they are easy, but because they are hard. In fact, he actually said that in Houston. I learned that. Um, when it's hard, we learn to trust God to show up and carry us through. And we've seen that in our, in our family. The, the lessons of God's faithfulness and, and you as a church family, your graciousness to us, uh, has been humbling and been encouraging. So a couple of quick examples that I'll close, and then we'll watch the rest of the video. Um, I mentioned before that our boys knew nothing of, of church or Jesus or God before uh, they came to us. Uh, now we can sing along with the, the Spark Studios um, CD. Thank you, Mr. Tiny. I, I always give him a hard time about giving me extras of those, and yet this time especially, we are wearing those things out. Um, and so thank you for that um, as, just, as a church. But more than that, the older one now can lay out a pretty good gospel presentation of what Je who Jesus is and what he did and why he came. And so big thank you to his Sunday school teachers for that. The younger one, five years old, our, little, our bedtime routine is usually... Um, a song, a prayer, another song, and then depending on his disposition, and quite frankly, depending on my disposition, I may lay in there for a few minutes while he kind of soothes um, himself to sleep. And if the conditions are right, like if the, if the sound machine is down low enough, and if he's in a certain mood, and he's quiet enough, and I'm quiet enough, I can hear him start to pray. And trust me, he's not praying about toys or the baseball game. He's praying about serious stuff. And I wouldn't tell you what it is, but he's pouring his heart out to God. And it's an incredible thing to get to witness the beginnings of a relationship between a little five-year-old and our father. So we get a front row seat to watch God at work. It's hard, it's emotionally hard, it's physically draining, it's, it's exhausting at times. You gotta take off work once in a while, we got doctor's appointments and all sorts of stuff. It's, but it's worth it. It's worth it. A hundred times over, it's worth it. 
So we're going to close with the, the second part of the video, and then Heather will come and tell us some, some next steps that, uh, that you might be interested in is to see how you can help support, maybe even get involved in the foster care system. Let's watch the rest of the video. So when it comes to the church body supporting adoptive families, foster care families, special needs families, the whole gamut, um, the fact of the matter is, is and I, you'll hear it over and over from probably everybody that speaks and um, anybody you talk to, not everybody is called to adopt and not everybody is called to foster, but every single one of you is called to do something um, to help in some way, it's it's a mandate, it's there, it's in the Bible, you need to do it. And there are so many ways. Um, one way that I know is a big need for both foster families and special needs families is um, respite care and babysitting. Foster care, there's a whole process you have to go through necessarily, but it's not necessarily a hard process, it's just a few ropes to um, jump over and um, hurdles to cross, but it's it's an easy process. Special needs can be a little more difficult because our kids are different and they do weird things and, and they're hard to take care of sometimes, but we need a break sometimes. And to have somebody that is willing to step in and say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll take the chance, I'll be trained, I'll do it. Um, and then there's the, obviously the little stuff um, that's not so little when you're getting it. Um, a meal when the baby comes home. Um, a, a baby shower for the 14-year-old foster girl who, you know, maybe it's not a baby shower obviously, but she still needs things. Um, she, she needs to have some of the cool stuff that the kids in King would have so she doesn't feel like an outcast. Um, providing those material things, providing meals. Um, something you can do something you can even just financially contribute to somebody adoption is expensive outfitting your home proper for foster care can be expensive um, so if, if it's writing a check write a check um, you know get with Heather and ask what direct needs there are right now um, but you don't have to do everything you don't have to foster you don't have to adopt though we would love for you to um, but do something I think a lot of what the church does already has been hugely supportive to us as a foster family. Um, we have had friends um, offer to, you know, do Christmas stockings for the kids. We've had, um, you know, friends offer to become a babysitter, and that is awesome when, when people step up on an individual basis. But what we also have seen and are so blessed by is um, the special needs ministry on Sunday mornings, yeah. the nursery, the Sunday school teachers, and that, that just love our kids and we don't have to worry about them. One of, the, one of the critical things that I get from the church is being a parent of, a spe of special needs kids, and right. pretty much all these kids that we have come in as sort of special needs, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a very unique experience. It, it, it's it's kind of lonely. Mm -hmm. People of my age just can't identify with you. They're doing a lot, they're doing things that are a lot different than what we're doing, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I need to play, you know, like my Sunday school class that I, that I go to, it's a small group of people. And uh, I get a chance to pour my heart out to those guys mm -hmm. when I need to. That is very, very special to me. Um, I would say the number one thing is, first and foremost, to just love our children. Love them where they are, meet them where they are. Um, 
they are just as much an important member of the body of Christ than any other person. Um, and as a parent of a special needs child and working with these children, it's important for the parents and the children as well to feel like they're loved for who they are regardless of any disabilities or inabilities to participate you know in what is deemed participation in a church activity um, each one has their own gifts and talents and they just need to be loved for those gifts and talents starting over as as adults with a family is hard but starting over as a family with special needs children just raises it to a whole new dynamic. It's, it's hard enough to make friends as you get older, but starting over with a child with you know medical complexities to where you're unable to socialize and go to things outside of you know a work life and a school life um, affects your ability to make friends on a deeper level that we crave as we you know get older and, and have families. So many people tell me that, oh, I could never do what you do, mm -hmm. right? Um, anybody who's raised kids can do what we do. I'm not sure what people might imagine that we do that's really special. You know? mm -hmm. And it, I just, you know, every day we're making decisions with our kids. We're just making the best decision we can at the time with the data we have, with the information we have trying to employ logic, uh, reaching out to our advisors and figuring out what can we do in this situation to help this kid along. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we are not geniuses. Um, we are not, we're not special in any way. Mm -hmm. All we did was say yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, when, when, when things go, when things go right, the amount, the, the, the crazy amount of joy mm -hmm. that we get from time to time is almost worth every bit of sacrifice we've had to make. Mm -hmm. You know, I would like the church, everybody in the church, to be able to experience the closeness that we feel with Jesus without the baggage of having the kids, <laughs> right? But it's not possible. Yeah. I don't think so. It, it, through maybe different ways, it is. Mm -hmm. You know, but even the even the kids that have been the most challenging, they when, it, and you have to really dig deep to forgive them and to move on mm -hmm. and that when they leave there might be a great huge sense of relief mm -hmm. but there is a sense of mission accomplished that you can't that is tangible that you can that you can you can taste it brings tears to our eyes because in all of this we don't know what role we play in these kids but we trust that the Lord if the Lord can use two pennies dropped in by an old widow then he can use what little we give these kids, you know, and it seems so little, but it's amazing what impact it does. When you've had a kid that's been with you, say, 18, my teenager's been with you for 18 months, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you see him smile. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like a big thing, but it is huge. Mm -hmm. So the, the need is great, the call is clear, so how can you help? Um, so I'm going to talk first to those of you that have ever considered or thought about um, fostering or adoption. Uh, for Rex and I, it's something that we've thought about for years, and we're just now on this journey. But if you have thought about it at all, 
or have you considered it, or maybe you just want more information. Um, we have an informational meeting on December 4th during the Sunday school hour right behind the stage in the choir room. Um, you've heard from Rex. You've heard from these guys. Foster care has broken us, um, but in a good way. It's burdened us for the things that God is burdened by. Um, and it has grown our family and stretched us, and we've gotten to see God provide day in and day out through it. So again, if you've thought or considered, um, all he's asking you to do is be willing to take the next step. And that's really what we did. We took the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step. He's not asking you to, to do it right now. He's just asking you to be willing and be um, willing to take that next step. So for the rest of you guys, which is probably most of you guys, we need you. I think you've heard from the video that sometimes uh, we are overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel isolated. Sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we just need people to step in um, and to pray for us or let us know that we see you guys. And it's not just families that are fostering or families that have adopted. It's also our families that have kids with special needs that are doing hard things. It's also um, our women, young women maybe, that are dealing with crisis pregnancies, especially after Roe versus Wade. We're going to have more. And they need to know that we see you and that we applaud you and that we are with you. Um, and so what we're asking you to do today, and it's not just this is the family care, because it really is what we've learned with foster, foster care is, yes, it's about the kids, but it's also about the families behind the kids. It's, we're opening our family up to their family. We are standing in the gap for them while they do what they need to do. Um, and so if you go, and you can even do this now, you can take out your phone, um, you can go to woodridge.org slash family care. And all it is is a simple form because God's going to bring the families. And we have families in our church already that, that we can come around and support. It's going to ask you, would you be willing to do meals? Would you be willing to provide gift cards? Would you be willing to be a babysitter? or to do respite care? Would you be willing to provide fellowship and community? Would your family come around this family? And that's huge. And again, it's just helping us put a little bit of organization behind it to match the needs to those that are willing to, because I know you guys do. Uh, I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come up um, as I close this out. Um, but one of the stories through this is the boy's grandmother, Nana. We call Nana. They call Nana. Um, she always thanks us when we see her. You know, thank you guys for doing this. And we always tell her, you know, we have a huge village. That's why we can do this. And she was at Fall Festival a couple weeks back, and we were walking through the parking lot, and, I, and she was like, I'm just, I'm just so thankful. And I said, look around. When I say we have a huge village, we have a huge village. That's you guys. We would be remiss if we did not say thank you. You are generous, and yes, we're encouraging you and asking you to do more, but we thank you, and we know the blessings are there, and we go, God, will grow this and use this to bless you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that you invite us in um, to the brokenness, that you invite us in, and you allow us to do ministry alongside you, God. We thank you that you equip us. We thank you that you provide, but more often, we thank you for the hope that you provide us, God, that we know there is redemption, that we know um, 
that you can bring all of these things and turn all of these things into good. And we thank you for how you've grown us and how you've stretched us. I look forward to watching how you work through this even, God. And we thank you for these kids. We pray for them that you are with them, Lord. You're with their families, that they see you and experience you and see you at work, Father. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.woodridge.org.